Look, payday's awesome, but running payroll, calculating taxes and deductions, staying compliant, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits tool built for small businesses like yours. Gusto gets your team paid while automatically filing your payroll taxes. Plus, you can offer benefits like 401k, health insurance, and workers' comp, and it makes onboarding new employees a breeze. We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. that's gusto.com slash being boss. Welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to take control of their work and live life on their own terms. I'm your host, Emily Thompson, and in this episode, I'm talking with my friends Tasha Harrison and Erica Corday about making decisions that are not in total alignment with your values. You can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to this show and share us with a friend. All right, bosses, it's time to add another podcast to your queue. Let me introduce you to The Shine Online, hosted by Natasha, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Natasha recently did an episode I know so many of you will want to make a mad dash for, as it's become a common topic in the Being Boss community. It's called Why You're Burned Out on Social Media and a Solution. And if that's not your jam, Natasha's interviews and conversations about entrepreneurship, mental health, and the art of shining online will certainly have something to fit your fancy. Learn more and listen to The Shine online wherever you get your podcasts. Erica Corday is a trusted advisor to entrepreneurs and executive teams committed to shifting focus, power, and resources in order to create more equity in their business and the world. She's a certified coach and co-host of the Pause on the Play podcast. Tasha L. Harrison is a romance author and creator of the hashtag 20K in five days writing challenge and Wordmakers, a writing community where authors come together to do the writing work. Both Tasha and Erica have been guests here on Being Boss a number of times in the past, both together and separately. To catch up on them and their stories, check out their previous appearances in the show notes for this episode at beingboss.club. Y'all, I hope this show is not a mess. Let <laughs> <laughs> me say this before we record every single time. I know. You know that? I know. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be good. Welcome. That is our cold <laughs> entry into this episode. Uh, we have been sitting here already for 10 minutes just shooting the shit. And I was like, y'all, we have to do this. We have to do this because we have to do this and we have to have like a kind of serious conversation. Can we do that today? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if we must. It, it is, it, we are capable of doing such things. We can do big things. And we can. We can do hard things. Yeah, we, we can go. do hard things. Uh, mostly I feel like uh, I don't want to have a hard conversation today, but I'm here to do it. Let's do it. We are here to talk about making hard decisions Mm -hmm. (laughs) through the lens of our values, which Mm -hmm. should be a really interesting one. I know, Erica, you do a lot of work in the space of values in your DEI coaching that you do. We do it a lot here at Being Boss. Tasha's like, what, what are you doing? Tasha ain't doing nothing if it ain't values aligned. She's like, I'm, I just won't. Indeed. She just lives it. Actual. <laughs> actual factual. 
<laughs> it's just living it. It's just lifting it. So I knew I was going to have another conversation with the two of you. I got on Marco Polo and I was like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And Erica is always like, go in there, all the way go in there. Was like, why don't we have this conversation about making hard decisions through the lens of your values? And I was like, heard, Tasha? <laughs> do we want to do this or can we talk about something fun? <laughs> and Tasha was ready for it. So here we are having this chat. This is something that comes up. I mean, if you are in business, if you actually screw business, if you are showing up and doing things outside of your comfort zone, if you are interacting with other people or, you know, organizations in the world, you're going to be running into situations where you have to make decisions for yourself or your business or your family or your team or et cetera, et cetera, that sometimes maybe don't align fully with your values. And we wanted to come here and have a conversation as to what that looks like, because we're always talking about, you know, make decisions through the lens of your values, you know, be in alignment, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But sometimes that's not 100% possible. And we're here to talk about what happens in that space. Who wants to get started? Erica, I feel like you are chomping at the bit. <laughs> I no, I, I wasn't, but I can go. I mean, I think... The only reason I'm not going to go with anything like specific, I'm going to do a couple hybrids of pieces because I'm not going to yeah. call any individual groups of people out. Mm. Yep, yep. Mm. However, <laughs> Tasha, like, mm, okay, I'm, I'll let you do that. I won't. I won't be so kind, but okay. I'll be trying. <laughs> I'll be trying. Um, part of what is always this duality when I'm working with people is this place of you are being imperfect. And that is allowed. And mm. I am not here to absolve you or to make you feel good about missteps or discoveries. And I am not here to be tokenized. Mm. That last bit. So there's this place of, you know, providing support and being in spaces and being open and being accessible and also having to have very clear boundaries around what I as a human, as a black woman, am not available for. And that my presence does not somehow absolve you of this. It is not a get out of jail free card. It is not a, um, but it's fine because I, I, I apologize, right? It's not really how that works. And so there's that space of having to work with someone one-to-one or one-to-many and really going deeper as to what imperfect allyship means. It does not mean just keep screwing it up every chance you get. It means being intentional and making amends when you do make mistakes, but not fully just going in intending like i'm just gonna put my foot right on in my whole mouth and it's fine Mm -mm. Mm -mm. i'll just apologize later right because Mm -hmm. i have unfortunately been on that receiving end of you know but wait i'm I'm working with the black person and and it's like no that that doesn't work that way that's not how that goes and yet you're supposed to be imperfect you're supposed to be able to have space to figure it out so i have to let you figure it out and I have to have very clear boundaries and I have to enforce them. 
regularly yeah. and not because anybody is like regularly like determined to push, but you don't know what you don't know. And it's important for me to be able to be clear because clear is kind. I love how you're bringing in this idea of being imperfect because I feel like that's really what we're going in here. Like we're going to dig in to talk about mm -hmm. because I feel like often when we are talking about values and living in alignment and all of those things, we, I mean, we're kind of insinuating that this perfect alignment is what we should be going for. But in Correct. the messy reality of this messy world, not really possible. And I think if you are trying too hard to align, you're not going to do anything mm -hmm. in your life or in your business. So I love that there is this embracing of we're going to talk about values, we're going to understand what they are, we're going to, you know, strive to align with them as much as possible. But we are imperfect humans in an imperfect world. And there has to be this sort of gray area that we do exist in, in general. Absolutely. And the, the thing I have to say is, as somebody that is always a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> just when I think I move forward, it's like, nope, I didn't, I didn't backslid into it again. I am going to attract other people that are similar. And so more often than not, people are more afraid of getting it wrong. And mm. so there's this place of like, I don't want that to be the thing that stops you. Um, and you have, you have to try. And so more often than not, um, I do find that the, the people that really make the biggest impact start off with that, like, I'm gonna screw this up. I'm gonna screw this up and I want, I want mess this up. The people that make me nervous are the ones that just kick down the door and I'm like, whoo, whoo, you came in hot. That's a lot. Wait a minute now. Because they didn't have any intentionality. They right. I think that I think a lot of that it ties to the fact that if you are concerned about messing it up, you're already thinking ahead right. to consider that I may do or say something harmful or hurtful. I do not want to do that. So I want to do, put everything in place so that I'm not doing that versus someone who's just like, I'm going to say it. Tell me how that, to fix it. That part. Mm. That part. Yeah. That part. And that's where, I mean, the interesting thing is I think that. So often people love to compartmentalize the work that I do. Anything that even remotely shows up with diversity, equity, and inclusion, they want to just be like, oh, it's another thing. When the reality is, is that every single concept that comes up, whether it's imperfection, whether it's values, whether it's company culture, like insert thing here, it shows up in everything. Your household is a company culture. <laughs> your business requires, yeah. your business requires imperfection and it requires risk taking. Like, these are not things that are mutually exclusive to this one area. So when people love to, like, want to extract and be like, oh, it only exists here, it's like, mm, actually, no. This is everything that you're doing. But you have to understand that. That's where it's like, oh, now this gets a little easy because I'm recognizing that this is everything that I am thinking, saying, doing, and being. No different than when you tell people, go be boss. Emily, you ain't telling them, only be boss at work. Don't be boss nowhere else. Like, <laughs> be, be boss as a whole. Yeah. I, it reminds me of something. This is like an old bossism. Someone came on the show or maybe it just like came out of Kathleen's mouth at some point. I don't even remember. But um, how you do anything is how you do everything. Facts. Right? Of like, mm -hmm. 
no matter where it is. But I, again, I want to talk about this gray space, though. I want to talk about like, and I think probably the best way to maybe bring this into awareness for everyone of like of what I want to dig into and how this is actually applicable is I've asked you both to like bring a situation or a couple (laughs) in which you moved forward in your life or work in a way that was not in complete alignment with your values, but you made, do I want to call them, I'm going to call them concessions in order Mm. to make the move. And then I want to like dig into what happened? Like, how did you feel about it? How did you deal with it? How did you commute? Like all of those things. But I think let's set the stage first with a situation in which you did something that wasn't 100% in alignment, good or bad, but like maybe good, (laughs) maybe a good thing that you did. Who wants to go first with that one? Tasha, love that hand. Go for it. Um, so I'm in a slightly different situation. Well, probably the mirror situation of uh what Erica does daily. Um I am dealing with I was about to say an entity. Let's just call it an industry because <laughs> I thought entity evil. <laughs> but I'm dealing with <laughs> Yep. It's October, y'all. You know my brain's going that way. Um but yeah um I'm I work within an industry that is really not they're only surfacely concerned with DEI. There's a lot of performative allyship that goes on. There's a lot of performative diversity that goes on. And there are lots of times in my career that I probably could have been further along than I am if I could just shut my mouth sometimes. I'm unable to. I can't. I can't if it makes you feel. I can't. Don't let nobody lie to you. It's not my forte either. (laughs) I'm actually sure it causes cancer if you hold it in. You can't remain a well person and just hold in that, you know, like that righteous rage Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But, you know, there comes a point when there comes a point in in the process of dealing with uh, an entity that has no, I keep saying entity, (laughs) industry that has no real desire or no motivation to change, how you choose to interact in it and without limiting your uh, opportunities and possibilities. And I'm coming up against that now. Um, yeah, it's just, that it's, it, it's difficult to, uh, make a justification for getting involved with something that is still like, you know, notably racist and non-inclusive, but, um, tell me what ain't, tell right. me what ain't though. So like, and, and one of those values is like, for me, is like if I'm going to be existing within this space, I'm still going to have to be me. I'm still going to be the person who writes the stories that I write about, the people that I write about, the the, the themes and <laughs> concepts that I write about. But um, you know, having that being under that umbrella kind of casts you in a negative light. And this is mostly because there are those who've gone before me who were really loud about diversity and then they got their book deals and, you know, now all of a sudden everything's in the DMs. They're all keeping quiet. They're uh, not paying attention to any sort of industry industry stuff that they were able to take advantage of during that small window of time when they were like, oh, we'll welcome you in, you know, now the door is closed and, you know, they're just like, well, I got my deal. So I'm not going to be out here talking about no massa like that. 
Ooh. <laughs> but for real. Oops. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're operating in a whole industry that is problematic and in conflict with your own personal values. And I mean, we've seen you navigate this ins and outs of weird situations and community commentary and like the whole shebang. We'll come back to like why and how and all of those things in a second. Um, but Erica, what about yours? Um, <laughs> it makes me think about when I finally went from being employed by someone else to being fully employed on my own and really starting my salon. And I, you know, did work for a corporate entity and did not get the support that I needed. I was the highest grossing stylist. I, of course, had all of the people that looked like me because there wasn't anyone else to do it. And I could not get the support that I needed. I wasn't able to get the products. Like I felt like I was constantly like, I need this, I need this, I need this. Cause I couldn't just order my own things. Cause when you're working for, you know, uh, like if you're in somewhere and you're not doing booth rent, like you can't just go get what you want. And I did a lot of baby, baby, please <laughs> to try to get what I needed. And there was a situation that came up and it just was really clear to me that leadership was never going to do it. And they were just going to string me along as long as possible. And it didn't matter to me if it was direct leadership or if it was corporate leadership that was doing it. I just finally hit a, a point and like a switch just flipped and I was like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I began to plan everything that I needed to do to leave. And that meant that I had to covertly, you know, find my clients and let them know like, hey, I'm leave just so you know. Hey, girl. Hey, you want to come? I'm leaving because what they needed was not going to happen there. And I was more focused on my clients receiving what they needed than to leave them and to not um, be able to support them or to just leave because mm, I just don't want to deal with this because I felt like the structure was inherently flawed and I had to figure out how is it that, you know, I can go do what I need to do that's actually in service to the people that I actually do. I'm in the beauty industry because I enjoy people. I'm here to be of service to them in this way. And it's like, well, this is what's happening because they were like, you going to stay here? Because they just were like, mm, I don't know what's happening. You going to stay here, girl? No. Oh, where you going? I'm going with you. <laughs> and it was never this like, I think in the beauty industry, there's this this idea of like, you know, poaching and like, oh, or you're taking our, you don't own people. People go where they want to. And they can make their own decisions. People spend their money in the ways that they choose to. And so people chose differently. Mm-hmm. And I had to make a choice to completely go out of the comfort zone of, and I'm going to say it's the lie, the quote unquote lie of, oh, you, you, you have, you know, consistent work and you have benefits and you have this and you have that. And I'm like, yes, and this does mm -hmm. not work. And so I completely left. And that from that point on, like I 100% worked for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm and that was that risk taking of I'm going to jump and I feel confident 
that I am going to be caught and supported well. But I know that that's not always an easy thing for people to to go and do. Because or even again, visualize. No, especially when you're you're told that working for somebody else is more consistent or more reliable. Exactly. And that's not necessarily true. It's often not true. You can lose your job at any time. You can get furloughed at any time. That doesn't mean anything. And so I, I was just like, it is not in my values to stay here and to do something that doesn't feel good. And I'm not going to just, you know, hit the Dave Chappelle. I quit and just walk out the day. I wasn't going to do that either because I'm like, no, I I wanted to make sure that I had planned and decided what I needed to do for me and what was going to be best for the people who, you know, I had relationships with. Like these are people, you, you watch them get married, you watch them have kids, you're a part of their, you know, their lives. They mattered. Right. And so I dealt with this very questionable situation at that point. Um, Because it was a little transient with some of the hiring and things and and took the risk of I don't know what's going to happen. But I know it's not this. It's not this. And so part of it was I was still building it. I was like, oh, no, no. It was like a situation where I was just putting thrown down the tracks of the train was coming. That's (laughs) I knew that I was throwing the tracks. Right. Like I'm I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm not going to just stand still. And I'd have no, I don't know what direction this is going. I have no idea what's happening. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. When was the last time you said it's almost too easy when talking about a piece of tech? Probably never, right? Because tech usually isn't easy. Tech is often too complicated, too busy, and too frustrating, especially for us creative types, when it should be just plain easy. HubSpot CRM platform is ridiculously easy to learn, use, and love. That's because it's a handcrafted, sophisticated system designed for the way teams actually work, not a bunch of cobbled together tools that don't actually speak to each other. With a suite of powerful tools that seamlessly connect your teams and customizable hubs that you can add or subtract as you grow, it's not almost too easy to use, it is easy to use, period. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. But what I do, what I'm going to poke you, Erica, because the, what you just shared was a time in which you did follow your values. (laughs) But I do recognize that I think being in that industry is against your values in a way. And I also know for you that that like safety and security piece of that is so important to you that I feel like that really was the, the, that, that nugget of it for you. That, that was the thing because I still did not have the awareness at that point of that programming of like, what do you mean you're going to work for yourself? And yeah. you what? What do you, you, you don't, you don't go and work somewhere else yeah. for somebody else. Yeah. Well, how do you get paid? <laughs> and so it was. Where's money coming from? Right. Just like that whole like, oh, so you, you're at home. No, I'm working. Oh, you're home. No, I'm working. I just happen to be yeah. in the house. I'm working though. And so, but at that point, I didn't have the conscious awareness of it. And I was still absolutely fighting that whole piece of like, 
What happens when I don't have health insurance paid for? What happens when I am no longer, you know, employed by somebody else and I have to buy all the products and all the overhead is on me? And so there was a lot of like, there was a lot of fear and it was, there was just, it was scary. What's that little hand for, Tasha? I know. I'm like, what is it? I do have a question for Erica, and, and it's framed mm-hmm. in, you know, your work as a DEI consultant. How how mm-hmm. often do you come up against clients that want to work with you, but you refuse to work with them for X, Y, Z reasons? And how do you make those decisions? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, because I, I, I know <laughs> that there's some trash people in your inbox. It's just impossible <laughs> for it not to be a thing, considering the type of work you do. So, right. I don't get I got the most. Um 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. So I don't get as many now. I think I have been really kind of outspoken and transparent about my values sure. and who's a good fit and who's not a good fit and, you know, how I work with people pretty often. So I I I try to repel the ones that are not a good fit purposefully. <laughs> um. Honestly, I, there's only a handful and I, I'm not really giving anything away to say this. Honestly, the things that are like, that you read and you're just like, who the hell is this? Where did you come from? They're podcast um, pitches. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, girl. Those are the, let's, can we not <laughs> go down that road literally at all? Those are Wait, Have you listened worst. to this podcast? Why do you think you want to be on here? But that's the whole thing. Yeah. People that are not clear on what the show is, they don't understand your values. They make assumptions about your audience. Um, You're literally already giving them too much credit. They're not, they're like, <laughs> they're not thinking that nah, much. They're just sending true. emails to an email on a list. Absolutely. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but that's why for me I'm like oh no and I mean the good thing is is it's easy to tell when it's mm-hmm. not a good fit but I don't I I don't have to feel those as often the only thing I think that I maybe have every blue moon is the person that has their own fear or apprehension and it possibly shows up in the form of urgency mm. Mm. um but once I actually, you know, end up interacting. That's trash light. <laughs> you know, I know. Yeah. Well, but you know how like somebody does something and you're like, oh, okay, I understand now. That really wasn't what it, I thought it yeah, was. Yeah. That didn't make it okay. And I get it. Like, okay. I don't, I don't, it doesn't happen too huh. often. It doesn't happen that's, too often. That's I, surprising. But nice. The real trash doesn't make it that far. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, and it's mostly because of your messaging, your your aligning your business framework with your values. So that makes Oh, and I use the word no. Oh (laughs) so like there are people we know. (laughs) There are people that will not say no. Yeah. And that in itself is a problem. Like if it does not feel right, if my like intuition or my gut is like "Mm, mm mm-mm. I, I listen and I pay attention. I have learned physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually what happens when I do not listen to my intuition. We are we of good friends. I I I take the information. So it doesn't happen too often. Hmm. Um, 
And any time that I feel like maybe a person could benefit from something, that is the benefit of having a almost 200 episodes of a podcast. There you go. I'm sure there's an episode I can direct you to <laughs> to go get your right life here. <laughs> right. Okay. Just, you know. My story time. You ready for this? Yeah. Yes. This little moment. And I haven't talked about this super publicly. I think... Tasha, you in particular probably know about this one. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like in this moment, I'm hiding this in 300 plus episodes. If someone finds it one day, so be it. So be it. Mm -hmm. Um, Recording the audiobook for the Being Boss book. Mm -hmm. It's a little one, but like still irks me so hardcore. The story Mm -hmm. is um, we whenever we were negotiating our contract, for the Being Boss book, um, we wanted to negotiate in that Kathleen and I would be able to do the audiobook, and the answer was no. That they would find someone to do it um, and that we would not be allowed to. And as we were negotiating, several parts of this negotiation process was very against my personal and business values. Um, and really like even some of the messaging that we show up here and talk about it being boss, Publish. but like I know, right? I love that we're both talking about the same industry here. <laughs> Publishing is awful, everybody. <laughs> so um, so we wanted to negotiate and that we could. They said no, that they would hire someone to do it. And we were like, okay. We were told that we needed to just let that one go. Um, so we did and we moved along. And then they did come to us and want us to do the audiobook for the book. And we were so excited to do it. And when we brought up getting paid to do such a thing, we were told, no, we should just consider ourselves lucky that we get to. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. So this is the tricky thing about doing audiobooks yourself. They, the way the publishing works, if you, if you contribute any sort of service-based thing that they would normally pay for, instead of paying you for it, they just like, oh, that's great. You did it yourself. Amazing. Yeah. They, I mean, they coordinated um sound booths and stuff like we didn't do it on our mics and our, like we had a producer we had like somebody in our ear talking us through it the whole thing um but we we were told we could not even ask to be paid for this additional service that we were provided in the like, six seven eight days between us that it took us to do it um and kathleen even split the script herself because they did not even send us a split script for the book. They just delivered us the book between two people and told us to deliver it. And again, like that for like talking about it, I'm like shaking on my inside. I'm so angry about it. And it was it's funny. I feel like even what you're talking about, Erica, is almost like this this split value situation where you have to choose between two of your values, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was to choose to show up for this work of creativity. Creativity is one of my values. I want to be here and create. I I enjoy seeing other people's creativity, like many layers of it. Creativity is one of my values. I showed up for that one, but at the, the, you know, demise of, at the, what's the word I'm looking for? At the... Kind of at the cost mm. of. Yeah, at the cost of this message that we had been preaching, we continue to preach of like, don't do shit for free. <laughs> How are you going to tell me I can't Get even paid. ask? Can't even ask. Listen. Could not even ask. And I don't want to make this this whole episode about me. But <laughs> <laughs> no, truly, though, because 
Um, I've negotiated uh, audiobook deals for my self-published books, and I make all of my covers. And under normal circumstances, that would be something that this company would pay to do. But because I do it myself, they're just like, oh, if you have them, send them over. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, is there any compensation? I was like, oh, no, we don't have any compensation for that. You I'm need like, to have a, like a designer alter ego, <sighs> you know, <laughs> it was very expensive. Very <laughs> I don't, I hate anybody that shows up with that idea of like pay for exposure bullshit lie Mm. that, you know, oh, just be glad. You should be lucky. Like, right. You should, you should, Mm -mm. you should feel lucky that you get the opportunity to do this. You're reaching a new readership and a new demographic that you never would have been able to touch on your own. So you should be thankful. You should be, you should be grateful. Yeah. You should be grateful. Yeah. So anyway, that's mine. And it's one that like, I mean, to in terms of the creativity, I love what happened. The book is great, right. all these things, but it was absolutely in conflict with the general messaging that was behind the entire project um, and still just irks me to this day. I mean, the idea that they thought you could even have someone else do y'all's narration when you have a right. literal podcast. Right. No one would. Everyone who right. knows you and listens to the podcast would be like, "Who is this lady reading this book?" You didn't read this book, <laughs> right? Oh, we don't. Know I people. mean, where's well, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting because there's almost this. There is that duality. There's that place of like, you know, I want to do this because of the, you know, the love of the craft, the art, the service, the 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 contribution, the impact, and. I want to be respected. I want to be compensated fairly. I want to be comfortable and and safe in the environment that I'm doing this in. And that's on all levels, not just physical, but like mental and emotional of like, I mean, I can't even talk in here because y'all going to take what I say and, you know, I got to stay in this little box. And so that place of, you know, how dedicated are you to the artist piece of it? Mm-hmm. That that piece that as creatives we have and we need to feed in some way, shape or form. And yet the the real literal piece of business has some real tangible pieces of like there's numbers, there's dollars, there's there's parameters, there's rules, there's ways that things work, whether we like it or not. And so we're already working in a system that's broken. And so you get this really crappy feeling of. I can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools, but here I am. Mm. And also, like, that's literally what I'm coming up against. Like, at some point, you have to consider the fact, or I'm considering the fact, that I'm not, like, there's this whole concept of selling out. You know what I mean? Like, I've stuck to all of my Mm -hmm. values and my, my, you know, my ethics, my personal values and ethics, and the same ones that I preach to every author that I work with. And now I'm getting an opportunity to do something different. And the hopes are that my experience will not align with, you know, the crappy experiences that came before me. However, <laughs> at some point I have to say, okay, all of my catalog does not have to be this thing. As long as I try to remain myself as much as possible, am I selling myself out or am I selling myself short by not taking advantage of it? I, I've been thinking about this for you, but also something for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, of this idea of selling out 
I think there's, or selling yourself short, I think there's a third option that no one thinks about. And that's selling yourself up. That I just want to throw in there. I made it up. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear, and then I I, I have a thought too, but. I mean, I it's kind of like failing up, up, I guess. Like, you know. Yeah. Or just like sometimes you have to make, well, I don't want to say deals with the devil because that's that's intense. <laughs> I, I don't mean Man. that. But I think that there are times where carefully considered and intentional decisions to partner and or collaborate with people for what you hope is a greater good. It's like, you know, like, you know, people who plan wars. (laughs) This is a touchy subject, but like, you know, killing a thousand to save a couple million sort of scenario. Again, that's sort of dark and a little deeper than I mean it to go. It's like, it's like, you know, the, the whole uh, analogy of the, the, the four people on the train tracks, like you can kill them or kill like a whole, um yes a group of yeah. kindergartners there's five adults tied to the track you have my the gosh i mean but this is this <laughs> got is, real gross i mean well yeah, no. i mean this is the real like a real literal i don't know maybe i've just been in too many leadership fucking um <laughs> classes we'll we'll circle back around to that but um like there's this whole idea it was like okay you can save these three people who are tied to the tracks uh by pulling this lever but when you pull the lever you're going to kill all this potential over here like all of these these kindergartners right. these kids so it's like right you know what i mean like what yeah. choice do you make it was like well can you stop the train no the train is going to go so what decision do you make and it's kind that i feel like at a certain point not that you have to abandon your values but you have to what is the word tweak adjust massage (laughs) so this goes into the thought that i have around entrepreneurship Mm. Mm. and there's this place of you know i have a i have had people use the word activist for me and i'm like i feel very uncomfortable with that because in my head activist means that you are literally it's a doer it's you're doing on the ground you are pro like that i'm like no i'm not necessarily there um in that particular way. And it makes me think about the concept of entrepreneurship because if you are out as the activist, you are doing the outward stuff. The entrepreneur is still doing the work, but this is the person that like, I work inside of this entity and I have my values in place and I understand why I'm here. And I am going to, on the surface, be able to stay here because I seem as though I'm good, but I am making changes from the inside because I have made myself quote unquote easy and or palatable enough for you to be willing to listen to what I have to say if I'm a part of the conversation and to actually make changes because there are so many people that are always wanting to burn it down, but there is a place to where there is some change that has to happen from within side. And so I am always that believer in, Uh, top down and bottom up. A lot of people are like, you have to make it on a policy level. A lot of people are like, no, it's all grassroots. I think you need both. And I think that meeting in the middle 
does include people that are within organizations, and I can use government as an example. Somebody that is like, I am going to work to change legislation. I am going to work to shift where money's going. And I don't know about to that. Some, I don't know about that comparison because I feel like government is like the one absolute entity where top down never happens. Never. Government is a whole nother issue. Yeah. I only give that one because, because it's a concept it's that easy, people understand. Correct. Uh, I, that's a whole nother sentence. <laughs> yeah. I'm I not mean, like, I, I get what you're saying. Like with like corporations, like if you can get some mm-hmm. in the top level of things to, uh, you know, sign on Care. for your cause, y'all can meet in the middle. You know, because essentially, if if we all yell loud enough and they push us all out and they just put a whole bunch of, you know, mediocre white men that really aren't good at their jobs and are damn sure not concerned about anybody in places and positions of power and and influence. Do we win? No, we don't win, but they do. And that's all they care about is winning. So this is the this is where. I I don't necessarily believe that these large systems can be changed. I'm not as hopeful as Erica. <laughs> I, I'm not I, fully hopeful in it. Yeah, I, uh, so let me be clear. I'm not. I think that there's there's something to be said for um, groups of us going in and getting what we can get out of it. Mm-hmm. And pulling yes. that experience, that that um, that knowledge and know-how and taking it somewhere else and giving it to other people. That's something different than, um, you know getting in and just like, you know, becoming Mr. Anderson and just folding into, you know what I'm saying? Like the matrix, like you just become. True. But it all requires you to have spent some time in there, even though you didn't want to be. So the matrix is a great example. They didn't want to be in the matrix, but at certain points, did they have to go in and appear as if they blended in to get what they needed to extract people? True. Oh my God. I know you just went to the matrix. I mean, so it's like it's just like that. It's like you have it is. You have a decision to make. It's like if you're going to go into this entity, are Mm -hmm. you going to become Mr. Anderson? Are you going to be Neo pretending to be somebody else? You know, it is love that we are now talking corporations. (laughs) I mean, well, because well, are we not? (laughs) I I just feel like there's at some point all of us have to deal with an industry outside of ourselves. You know what I mean? There's yeah, there's always something. And at the end of the day, um, I don't think that they can all be saved. But I also know that to tear them all down without anything to replace them with will just create anarchy. If you do everything at one time, Um, like that sounds like a great idea until it don't. And I'm not saying that because I am trying to save anything. but I do think that there is a point of like, what do I need to get or know or do in this space for X, Y, Z amount of time before I need to go and do something else? And I say that as having had clients that were in positions of, if I go, they're going to replace me with a yes person. Mm-hmm. So if I stay and I can find places to make change or I then have information that I can go put somewhere else and create change, I'm better suited to stay than to leave. Is anyone else eyeballs deep in the return of travel, conferences, retreats, meetups, which means receipts? 
I'll be honest, I'd gotten used to not having my wallet overflowing with wads of flimsy paper that I just had to save. Luckily, that's not how we have to live anymore. Not me or you, thanks to FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. In fact, organizing your expenses has never been easier. Take photos of receipts with your phone using the FreshBooks mobile app and then throw the receipt away. You can even do one better by applying receipts directly to clients or invoices when you need. Travel lighter and still do your job. What more can a boss ask for? Try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash beingboss to get started today. What I love about this is that we're illustrating where I was hoping we were going to go with this, where there is this like weighing of values and understanding your impact in whatever space you're considering Mm -hmm. going. And let's Mm -hmm. say it is, you know, a collaboration with someone that like, "Mm," or, (laughs) or like partnering with an organization or going into an organization or whatever it may be. There's a weighing of values that has to happen. There is this like intentional move into that space of going, I recognize that I am, you know, not in complete alignment with my values in this situation. And I'm still making the move in because three, there is an impact to be made Mm -hmm. that I can only make if I am in that space. And I do feel like if you are making this decision, this decision to, you know, step back from your values in this way, you're moving towards a greater good that makes me feel better (laughs) about making decisions in that way than I would otherwise. Um, But I also love here that we are talking about this incredible intentionality and like awareness around the situation. We're not just skipping into these places going, I'm going to do this until it's hard. Then as soon as it's hard, I'm going to leave. It's going and going, I'm not skipping in. I'm stomping in (laughs) a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Walk up in here, hold my values in place once I'm in this space um, to make the impact that I need to make. And then also leaving when needed. I haven't written another book, everybody. (laughs) I have not ventured back into that space at all. Because it's hell. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and I think that too, like, if you're going to take this on like more of a personal level as small business owners, like you, that almost every season you have to make a decision. It's like, okay, I've been invited to this thing. Do I want to be on a panel mm -hmm. with these people? No matter how much exposure it gives you, like you have to make a decision. It's like, do I want to be the loud mouth in this room? Because is this the right room to be the loud mouth in number one? Are these, am I going to be outnumbered in a way, such a way that uh, it's going to impact me negatively, like mentally and physically, or uh, impact my business in a way that's negative? Mm-hmm. Um, like those small decisions, those seem easy to me. Like, it's like, oh, would you like to come to? Absolutely not. And I'm not going to be in the same room with these authors. You must be out of your rabbit ass right. mind. No. Well, but see, what you, what you mentioned as well is that understanding that you need all of the above. So if we think about nature, you have the sun, you have the moon, you know, you have high tide, you got low tide, you need all of those things. And so the same way you need somebody that's like, you out your rabbit ass mind, I'm not coming in here. <laughs> you gonna have that person that's like, mm-hmm, I'm not gonna say nothing. And I'm gonna watch and then I'm gonna take this information back and I'm gonna do what I need to do. Yeah. You had and th- those are two very 
different, you know, ends of the spectrum. But you need all of the above. Mm-hmm. Because you do need the people that are like, oh, no, I'm going to be real outspoken and that's fine. You're going to have the ones that are like, I'm going to observe and get the necessary information or get the contacts or whatever needs to do. You went there on the Mission Impossible. Look what I need to do. You are in there on your covert mission. I mean, you know, for real, I do think that like there was a time that I was that loud mouth in the room and I enjoyed it. But like looking back, it's like, 10 years, 11 years in, I'm like, girl, you could have been somewhere else if you just shut up. But but also, but you can still be the loud mouth in the room without being the loud mouth in the room. You're already talking. I know this thing that you're talking about, but not talking about. And you've already talked about being the loud mouth in the room. And also not pulling up the ladder behind me because that feels... Right. Very intentional mm. because there are so many people who come in and they'll be like, you know, well, I got this, so I'm not going to worry about mm-hmm. nobody else. Um, right. Uh, I'm going to exist in that space with my big ass mouth and, you yeah. know, be like, oh, but also my girl over here, she needs some more. Right. You know, but that's right. the whole thing. The loudest person in the room isn't necessarily necessarily the loudest mouth in the room. Yeah. For sure. And I think I can think of a couple situations, especially recently, where the same thing true for me, where like been in a space with people where like, if I wasn't thinking dynamically or deeply about these situations, it probably would have been a fast and quick no. Right. But -hmm. when you think dynamically and deeply about situations and like there's also a recognizing of your power that comes in this, too, of like knowing that you have the power to go into a room and like change the perspective or um, or like (laughs) allow for some disillusionment (laughs) or whatever it may be. Right. It's like by being present. Yeah. Just like to come in knowing that they're trying to sell you a dream and you're not going to buy into it. Yeah. And and stay in that mode like to always keep them on their their toes you know what i mean like it's one thing to be invited into a space like that it's something else to go into it intentionally and be like okay yeah you you want me here but i'm not gonna make it comfortable for you yeah whoever you thought stay away yeah whatever you who you whoever you thought i was coming in here that's who i am now that i'm in here you're not gonna shut me down or shut Mm -hmm. me up yeah no no, because some people go into spaces and then they they do do the Mr. Anderson. They just kind of absorb and become and they acclimate. That's a big difference from mm-mm. The, the, the program did not change. Yeah. It Especially when change. it doesn't really like if, if it's just a money situation, you can make money. Right. If money is the ter- determination, you can make money if you you, you could do that on your own. But if it's a situation where you could absolutely change how people are viewing this particular part of the industry or make way for other people to take advantage of this part of the industry, then Mm -hmm. that seems more worthy to me. Yeah. Like we're all really adept at making our own tables. That is like, uh, I'm like Barb the Builder over here. the boss way. Barb the Builder over here. Just building my own table. (laughs) I got my own bookshelf. I got to build the whole thing. And then they looked over here and said, yeah. ooh, you got something good or going on. You want to share with us? You know? You got a cute table. Can I see your mm-hmm. table? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I, I do think I do think that whenever you choose the path of being boss, but really like being a leader and a 
small business owner, like mm-hmm. even if you're even if it's a solopreneur situation, just by claiming that role for yourself, you give yourself a different kind of power to initiate change and or make an impact or whatever. And I find that it's usually in those situations where values get brought up and sometimes you got to bend them just a little bit in order to make it into the rooms, in order to, you know, make the moves, gain the resources. That one's a little stickier, (laughs) gaining the resources. Um, Depends on what the resources are, Mm -hmm. I think, and what you want to use them for. Um, But I think there is a careful dance that has to be played. But I, I think we can all agree that it's holding the best of intentions and this idea of elevated impact in mind mm-hmm. in order to do it. There, 100%. There are absolutely conferences, as an example, that I, on the surface, would be like, mm. Yeah, do that's that. a good one. But if somebody were to show up and be like, hey, we want you to speak. Okay. So now I have an opportunity to leverage this. I have an yeah. opportunity to get what I want and what I need. And I also have an opportunity to draw attention to the fact that if there's a lack of diversity, if there's a lack of representation, if there's a lack of um, honoring the people that you're having come here and and compensating them fairly, whatever that thing happens to be. Yeah. I am not going to likely, I am likely not. There are some things I'm just like, no, my spirit can't carry this. But I am likely (laughs) not going to say no if there is an opportunity for me to make impact. Yeah. Mm. I am going, I am willing to move into this space that is questionable at best to prove a point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's the nugget, everybody. We found the nugget right there. Good. I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. And I think. It definitely is in situations like that, too, because oftentimes we'll talk about, you know, values is what keeps you feeling good about your decisions. And though I did Mm -hmm. illustrate how that book decision still makes you want to barf sometimes when I think about it, it really is that like that elevated impact. Like I wouldn't have let anybody else do that audiobook, y'all. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's like you had to make a decision about whether you were going to hold to your creative idea or demand money. Yeah. Well, it, but it's because of the fact that we make decisions and choices all the time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. whether or not you give yourself the credit for making intentional decisions yep. and understanding that sometimes even when you think they weren't intentional, that those ones that you thought were just quick decisions just to get it off. No, you did it because you really like that was an easy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are definitely times you're like, "Ooh, I need to think about that. But I guess it did do that thing because right. people will reflect things back to you. Yes. And it's like. Okay, well, here we are. Yeah, right. It is the intention and the impact. It's like as long as you're going into it with like like fully self aware <laughs> and with yeah. the best intentions, mm-hmm. and then add that to you're doing this because you see the path to elevated impact. Then it's okay to bend your values for this thing to get you into that space. Uh, but I also want to bring it, you know, to even you, Erica, this idea of leaving this, this situation that you were in of like, there's also can be a time when you should be done. And that like, if you see the impact is not being made, if it is, you know, wearing on you too bad, whatever it may be, I feel like there's, 
plenty of like hard situations where you have to mm-hmm. make the call of like, okay, I did it. It's time to leave. Whether yeah. the elevated impact was reached or not. What I didn't realize when I left from being um, a teacher in the beauty industry was that I loved what I did, hated the leadership where I worked. They were god awful. They were terrible. I mean, like I was sick to my stomach every morning to go to work. It was horrible. And that has carried me through everything that I do to really be aware of the intentionality. I didn't even know that that was a huge part of allowing people and holding the space for them to show up as they are. Mm -hmm. You know, that person that wanted to shut me down because I laughed too loud. Like I got shushed as a whole adult. I was like, oh, see, no, we would have been fighting that day. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And so I laugh. You're going to, you're going to tell someone that's not to laugh. You don't like joy. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Oh yeah. I I got the, Uh -uh. I I got fully shushed. Uh, I think I'd laugh harder. I got yeah, I would have cackled a little bit louder after that. Right. And and I have carried those things to shape what I have done in the yeah. beauty industry, what they do with DEI work. And so I, you know, and, and that was the job that I had before I went to the one where I then went to work for myself. Mm-hmm. So it was also all pieces that led up to it. And even though at that point I was so deep in having to just work <laughs> and and the trying to exist, let alone thrive. I didn't know the intentionality was my friend and it was mm, yeah. because in retrospect, I can point out exactly where it was. Then I was just like, I can't stay here because I'm going to have an ulcer. I have to go. I'm I can't live like this. A criminal record. Oh, something <laughs> about to happen and it's not going to work out well. It's not going to work out well. And so I think there's this place too of sometimes having to really give yourself, um, a little more credit for where you are. If you really have been working on it, there are points that you're like, ah, have I done enough? Am I aware enough? Am I am I good enough? And then if you really pay attention, it's like there's been more happening than you've realized. And it ran deeper than you realized. Yes. <laughs> Tosh, I love this little hand. I've never seen you. So what's the I've word? Been, I don't know. I've been doing a lot of Zooms. Good little manners over here. <laughs> Yes, Tasha, you next. Um, Can we acknowledge also and give ourselves grace for the fact that sometimes being a loud mouth in the room is exhausting and there is nothing wrong with just being tired of doing the thing? Mm. As a black woman that had spent how many, how much time telling people that racism is bad? I'm 44 (laughs) years old. I don't want to be talking about, like, when it comes to publishing, I literally do not want to talk about diversity and inclusion anymore. Don't ask me on your podcast to talk about that. Don't ask mm-hmm. me to come to your 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 conference to talk about that. I do lots of other things. I am a smart person. Please talk to me about something else. And 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 I know that that because I'm such a loud mouth, like people expect that from me. Like I'm gonna like oh you're gonna want to talk. I'm like absolutely not. I'm done with this no, conversation. Don't. Like I don't want to talk to people who don't no. learn anything. Don't pigeonhole someone and make them a one trick pony. And it's not okay to assume that that is the only thing that, I mean, I am in the DEI space and I have a whole lot more to bring. I have so, so much I can talk about. Please, <laughs> please ask me right. anything else. Anything else. And I, like, there's just a point where like, I feel like, okay, I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else and, and, out right. here going out here making money doing like shady shit. Why can't I do it? I would never do it. <laughs> 
But sometimes I Walter White, damn. But I was like, everybody else doing it. Why can't I do it? We do have that conversation often of like, why are we doing this the hard way? Uh, the scammers are winning. The scammers are winning. That's too out of alignment with our values. We've all yeah. decided that we would not be happy. <laughs> we would be I just don't very annoyed with ourselves. And it's just tiresome. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just no. tiresome. Perfect. Well, ladies, this has been a really good chat. I'm so glad that we could have this one together. I feel like um, shared some really good experiences in both. Li- mostly, I think everyone should just understand that the beauty and publishing industries are trash. Y'all, I need y'all to do better. <laughs> well, you know what? Trash. You know, I don't know. These are systemic systems set up to keep us oppressed. There's absolutely no way. To they're this. working as they're designed. Thank you. They they are work- they're they're working, working as designed. designed. We have nice little moments. They are fucked up. We have little <laughs> moments where we get yeah. make some progress, but they are working as designed. But that's exactly why you have to really question why do you want a seat at a table that you're already not welcome at. Go build your own. Yeah. It is really important to not- Are you telling me to start a publishing company? I mean, girl, (laughs) do do, do whatever you- You like it. I love it. Is that what you're telling me? I'm just saying- I'm busy. I'm busy. I had people years. I had people years ago that was like, "Can you start a beauty school? Can you do this? Can you do that?" I mean, if anybody feel like they want to invest, like I am happy to consult and get this going because I'm gonna tell mm-hmm. you what, I got a whole lot to say after 25 years in the industry, and the reason I'm here is because I do care. And y'all do better, do better. <laughs> okay, Love let's y'all wrap this and. up, y'all. We're wrapping it up. <laughs> wrapping it up. Um, Tasha, where can people find more about you? TashaLHarrison.com and at TashaLHarrison on Twitter and Instagram. Indeed. Erica, what about you? Pause on the play.com and pause on the play on LinkedIn and on Instagram. Listen to the podcast. You can find that on the website as well. Awesome. You can find all these links on our show notes at beingboss.club as well. Erica, what makes you feel most boss? Oh, girl, say it. Say it. I ain't going to say it yet. I ain't going to say it yet. Okay, I ain't going to say, say it. it. Oh, what, I, what, what I'm going to say is there are things that little five-year-old me didn't necessarily think was going to happen the way that they did. And I am over the moon, overjoyed at how proud I have made my younger self. Y'all about to cry, stop. That's sweet. Five-year-old self and also, I think, this version of yourself as well, I dare say. Oh, my gosh. And, And my kids. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Good job. Y'all. Good job. Well, no details yet, everybody, but good job. Good job. Tasha, what about you? What makes you feel most boss? Um I don't know, actually, today. I don't feel very bad. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say though to be able to just acknowledge uh, yes, that is boss? That today I don't have to feel boss. I don't and have I love to feel that boss every day. Like I had the most yep. Monday of Mondays and I'm making up for it today. So what makes me feel most boss is acknowledging that. I work for myself and I don't have to be feeling 100% no. every day in order to get the work done. No, you, know, you don't have to go work to see anybody's face today. Oh, child, if I had to either. talk to somebody, it would have been a problem. Murder. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Emily. Thank you. Oh, me? Me. What yes. makes you feel most false? Oh, man. I feel kind of like Tasha does today. <laughs> a little Can bit. I give you what I think it might be right now? Sure. I think. 
get like you hate the the weather but the hats mm. oh like, you know what makes me feel most boss is i have a really great hat collection everyone is does, officially hat weather <laughs> emily and when emily bring out the hats it is the, yeah the hats and the brows y'all it's a whole look <laughs> it's a brows. mood a whole look a whole mood it is a whole thing <laughs> you're ridiculous indeed i indeed hats my whole my hat collection, but also this hat today is making me feel boss. Thank you for that, Erica. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, thanks you too. This was fun. Anytime, love being here. Love y'all. All right, boss. Because you're here, I know you want to be a better creative business owner, which means I've got something for you. Each week, the team at Being Boss is scouring the news, the best entrepreneurial publications, and updates and releases of the apps and tools that run our businesses, and is curating it all into a weekly email that delivers the must-know tips and tactics in the realms of mindset, money, and productivity. This email is called Brood. We brew it up for you each week to give you the insight you need to make decisions and move forward in your creative business. Check it out now and sign up for yourself at beingboss.club slash brood. That's beingboss.club slash B-R-E-W-E-D. Now, until next time, do the work, be boss.